We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Hello and welcome to another Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm joined as always by Gabe Diarman and Maggie Johnson. Look, we don't have a very fun game to talk about uh, to start off the show. We're going to talk Mizzou basketball, Mizzou football as well, with a little bit of news on the transfer front, uh, maybe even some recruiting news as well. But let's talk about it. Let's get it out of the way. Missouri loses 95-67 to 67 in the uh, Hy-Vee Border Showdown, um, or more commonly referred to as the Border War. It's a disappointing game all around. Gabe, Maggie, both were in attendance. Uh, Gabe, I'll start with you. Immediate thoughts uh, after that game. Um, well, the first, like the 90 minutes leading up to the game was awesome. Like you could legitimately hear like the stampede of the students coming in the door and, and running down the steps. And, you know, they, they, they did like a practice round of Mr. Brightside when KU came on the floor for warmups and Truman came down from the rafters and you could close your eyes and pretend you were back in the Hearn Center and it was 1998. And then uh, KU missed two layups, and Missouri was ahead 4-2. And then KU missed again like 23 minutes later one time, and that was okay. <laughs> um, everything in between there, not great. It got uh, to, I think, 12-6, to six, I think is what yeah. the score was. And I was like, like this. this is bad. I mean, and it was just, it was just swish. Three, swish, three. And, I mean, you felt the deflation in the stadium. I mean, there was nothing you could do. Like Gabe said, it was amazing. I got there probably an hour before tip, like 50 minutes or so. And it was awesome. And the students looked hyped. And I was like, this is going to be the craziest environment that Kansas has ever played in. It's going to be wild. It's going to be awesome. It was. Yeah, like Gabe said, it was. It was. (laughs) Three minutes, it, 40, or I'm okay for an hour. It was awesome. Right. I mean, it, well, in the crowd, I mean, Missouri got back within 15 with seven minutes left. And that crowd, like you would have thought it was a tie game for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a spot in the final four. I mean, they tried. Um, but I thought the atmosphere helped Kansas and it hurt yeah. Missouri. I, I mean, like the 
the best answer after the game, somebody asked Dewan Harris, you know, uh, about the atmosphere. And he said, and he didn't say it as an insult. He said, I mean, I played in the national title game with 70,000 people last year. And, you know, Kevin McCuller's been in a final four and Kansas gets that environment a lot. And Bill is really good at getting his team up for a game like that. I mean, if you look over his entire career, like, hey, they might lose at Iowa State sometime. They might lose at Mizzou, whatever. But if it comes down to a game where you go, look, they've got to be up, they're they're almost always up. I mean, they don't lose yeah. games like that. And even if they lose, they play really, really well. And they played incredible. But he said it was the best game they played. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's coaching. Like, I, I guarantee, nobody would say it out loud, but I guarantee he convinced his guys all week long, you're going to have to play your best game of the year to win this game because they are going to want to kill you. Um. And Kansas did play its best game, and Missouri played not its best game, and that's what you get. I do think that Dewan Harris meant that <laughs> as a little bit of a dig. Let's be honest; he's from Columbia. Maybe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not offended. Also, it's like, true though. He has the right yeah, to say it. Wrong. I'm not offended by it. Like he has the right to say it. He just won a national championship. I mean, milk it, I guess. But I mean, it was just. I don't know. It was. Like I've watched some of the some of Kansas play throughout the season. I was like, this team's absolutely beatable. But I talked to I talked to a Kansas fan, um, and he was like, Oh yeah, they you could just tell from the get-go that they wanted it more. But I mean, you look at their team, the players that they have on that team, you have a player from the state of Missouri, you have a player from the state of Kansas. So I mean, like, they understand they understood a lot more than maybe like Aiden Shaw might understand, but I don't think the Mizzou felt like they had as much to play for. And I could be wrong. That's just from me watching. Would this be an inappropriate time to point out that maybe Isaiah Mosley understood? (laughs) We'll get to Isaiah Mosley in a second. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Our conversation will take us there. Uh, But I do think, you know, I I kept going back to, I kept thinking about this before the game started, about the environment, how Dennis Gates wanted the environment in in Missouri Arena to be crazy before they got to the Kansas game. And obviously it could not get to the levels of what it was going to be before the Kansas game. And I do think, Gabe, you made a really good point. Maybe that environment kind of of shook Mizzou a little bit. They only had one real road game, a road environment in in Wichita State, uh, which Wichita State's not what they used to be. Uh, with uh, you know Landry Shamit and those teams over there, but I, 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 part of me wonders if maybe that played a, played a little bit of a of a of an impact in it. Is as we talked about in our preview episode of like getting too juiced up for it, right? Getting too juiced up. And man, Kansas did just play really well. It's really hard to beat a team that's playing that well. They went ten for twenty two on three point shots, I believe. And like that's another thing that we talk about is is teams against Missouri keep hitting three point shots. When does it become a thing of like when when are you it, when are you thing. actually bad now at defending <laughs> yeah. the three point shot? I think it's now is the time to say that. <laughs> to, to be fair, Missouri was also very bad at defending the two point shot on Saturday. Um, <laughs> Their defense you know. was but, not great. Well, and like the atmosphere, and I, I did think like I thought it was pretty obvious. That there were nerves, right? Trey Gomillion had like four turnovers in the first six minutes. Uh, Demoy Hodge just dropped four passes. I mean, just dropped. Um, you know, you were seeing 12 foot shots. It just, 
I, I mean, at one point they almost banked in a three, that air ball from, they were just, they were nervous. And I don't think that, like, even if that changed, Kansas still just has more talent. And that was the biggest yeah. factor. Kansas is a better team and it played better. But I do think that the stage got to Missouri a little bit, um, you know, at, at the beginning. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was, I stayed for all, you know, 40 minutes of the basketball game. Um, and most fans did. I mean, they got to a point, most you know, yeah. yeah, I I really do think that they want to be behind Gates and want to be behind this team. And I think they wanted to show that. Um, but yeah, it was, like I said, it was deflating. And I feel like I used the word embarrassing a little bit too much, but it was also embarrassing. Well, and like what I wrote after the game was that this shouldn't really have surprised any of us. We all, and I include myself in this, we all let the emotion of what was happening get in the way of actually looking at what was likely to happen. I mean, and I don't say that from the standpoint necessarily that I I was like devastated Missouri didn't win the game or anything, but the only thing I wanted walking in that place was a game that made me feel like, oh man, I remember what this was like. Whether that meant Missouri by six or Kansas by three or whatever, I wanted that last six minutes of a game that felt like life and death um, between Missouri, that that felt like the Missouri-Kansas games I've watched before. And it just wasn't that. You knew it wasn't going to be that in Allen Fieldhouse last year. Like, I went to Allen last year knowing Missouri was probably going to get beat by 30. I I didn't – I thought there was a chance that that this would be a really good game, and it just never – I mean, this game was over, I would say, at the latest at the second TV timeout. Like, at the under 12, there was no expectation that was going to be close. Right. I mean, Vegas even thought it was going to be close, too. It was a four-point favorite for Kansas. I mean, I think I I said this somewhere where I think that really it was a win for Mizzou to even have the line that close after losing by as much as they did last year. Um, it, it's, it sucks to say that, right, about, about a program that has a first-year head coach that has, what was it, two returning players, three returning players? I can't remember what that number was off two, the top of my head. Two-ish. Yeah. Technically three, but two-ish. Two, we'll, we'll go with two-ish. We'll go with that figure. Uh, two-ish returning players Very um, scientific. around the program. So, I mean, you're basically having the, a completely new slate coming into this game. And, yeah, they were 9-0 and coming into this game. They were also had the second-worst schedule, uh, strength of schedule. Uh, well, their strength of schedule did rise, um, uh, according to Kim Palm, after playing Kansas. But it's one of those things where... I do think that there was already moral victories there with where the program has been from where it was to where it is now with Dennis Gates. I got asked if I was still am confident in Dennis Gates after that game. And I was like, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm, it's 10 game. games. <laughs> right. Right. Like, what are we doing? Even asking that question. Right. Whoever right. asked you that, I hold you. I hope you correctly instructed them that they need to work on their intelligence. <laughs> I said, I said that I think that it is only 10 games and it's hard to beat the number six team ranked in the country when you have a team who have only played 10 games together, nine up to that point together. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Which I don't well, think we should put too many eggs into this basket of this game. They've got a really tough schedule coming up. That UCF game might be a coin flip at this point. I'm curious to see what the Vegas line is going to be on that one. Um, but that'll be a really good game for them to bounce back if they do win and take some momentum into bragging rights. Um, but that, yeah, this I, I'm not discouraged by the direction of this program at all. I don't want anyone, to, I don't think anybody should be di- discouraged by the direction of the program if you're losing by less than you did last year. I guess a, a, pretty, a pretty good Kansas team. And we had to field the team somehow. Like, people forget most of our team, like you said, we had two-ish players returning to our team. And he had to field He had to field this team. I mean, the, even in basketball, like the college, the transfer portal is still crazy. And people are moving around, you know, moving and shaking around like crazy. And he had to get players from somewhere. We're fielding a team of not very many players that have played. Right power five basketball. It's just the fact of the matter. So if anybody out here is like freaking out and giving up all their hope on Dennis Gates, I just don't think that's warranted. This, this season was never about, can you beat Kansas and Kentucky and Arkansas? This season is about, can you beat South Carolina and Georgia and Ole Miss? Can you find your way into that middle-ish to top of the bottom half of the SCC. Cause if you can do that, that's, they were 12 and 21 last year, you know? And, and I honestly think even if that game had been against Kentucky, like their first test is against Kentucky and they lose by 28. I don't really think people are surprised or even mad. I think they just go, well, yeah, we have a long way to go. And we knew we had a long way to go. Right. It's because of who it was. And it's because of all the emotion and, you know, it was, you all the 11 years of buildup and all the hatred and the hurt feelings and the fact that it's still bill self over there, like Missouri fans just wanted it so bad that the reaction then is a little more than it would be. And I think that's great. Like it, you know, I even thought self said, he said, look, you want to play in environments where people care. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, they cared. It was great. You know, clearly um, they want this. So now, Missouri's job is, and you know, Gates said it. He said, Hey, it's a great crowd. They did everything they could. And we've just got to give them more. And so now this is look, it's not going to be that way for any other game this year. We all understand that. You know, it'll be good for Kentucky, good for Arkansas, good for some of these others, but it's not quite going to be like that. But Missouri just has to play well enough that the Kansas game isn't the only game. Like I was talking to some people in the arena. I said, I feel bad for you that you think this is the first time this building's ever been this way, you know, because it's not. And it's been that way for teams other than Kansas. Like I watched a Gonzaga game in there that was nuts. An Oklahoma game. We talked last week, like it's been that way for other games, but it was just a reminder that there are ways from it being back there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Isaiah mostly situation. Um, because it is very interesting. I th- I've said this before on Chiefs podcasts. On I'm sure I've said it on this Mizzou podcast before. I think it works with any sport. Coaches aren't purposely playing worse players. I, 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 I strongly believe that a coach isn't purposely playing a worse player. I think that we get, sometimes we get caught up in, well, this guy's definitely better than this guy. How come he's not playing? we don't really know if he's definitely better than that guy. Cause we're not at practice every day. We're not, we're not, you know, around these guys every day. We don't get to see every single thing. We just get to see on game day, 
or not see on game day in the case of Isaiah Mosley. The dude's played 124 minutes this year and in two, four, six, eight, and nine games. Um, only six games coming in SEMO. Didn't get an opportunity to play in the Kansas game. Kid from Columbia. Um, it almost this decision not to play him, I don't want to say feels disrespectful, but certainly he's got to hurt a little bit for Isaiah Mosley to have an opportunity to play against Kansas, but not get in the game at all. Like, we can agree, Isaiah had to know he wasn't playing in that game beforehand, right? Right. You'd have to think so. Because I don't think this was a game-time decision. I mean, look, there were... I said at halftime, like, I picked out three guys, and I won't say their names, but I said on press row, I said, those guys shouldn't, like, don't play them in the second half. So what they were doing wasn't working. So if Mosley was available, I have to believe he would have gotten a look at some point. Um I think the frustrating part is just that you just don't know game to game, right? If this was a, Hey, Isaiah hasn't played in four straight games. Even if Gates wouldn't say it out loud, we would understand he was suspended. He's not saying that. And like, I, tr- I, I do understand both sides of this. I totally understand why people are frustrated. Yeah. And I think the way Dennis is addressing it is making it worse but I also understand why he's addressing it that way. He's not going to tell us. He is, in some way, for whatever reason, protecting his player from by not telling. And that is certainly his right. We, we don't have any right to know unless you guys are some of the ones contributing to Isaiah's NIL, then maybe you have a right to know. I don't, because I'm not. Um, But I also think, like, the way he's addressing it is just leading to some of the stuff I've seen about these theories of why he's not playing. Like they're crazy, but that's, what's going to happen when we don't know. Well, and that's, what's going to happen when you're paying players to play a sport at, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you said, if you're not contributing to the NIL, I mean, there are people that likely are. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that he got, you know, paid a handsome amount to come to the University of Missouri. So I think I understand the frustration from a fan's point of view, but also I look at things like, uh, obviously, like maybe the situation with Mike Leach right now. But like nobody owes any of us this information. You know, we, we have no clue what's going on. And if the coaches or athletic department or whatever want to respect the privacy of a player, I have no issues with that. And I kind of don't understand why a lot of other people do either. I I think it could be sorted. I mean, I I guess Tucker, you watch the TV broadcast, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess it's at one point, Jimmy Dyke said Isaiah didn't practice the day before the game, right? He did say that. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's, pretty easy to figure out um coaches have a rule i mean you cover the chiefs all the time andy Reid's rule you don't practice on friday you ain't playing on sunday like mm-hmm. unless maybe you're patrick mahomes right like maybe you can heal up in 48 hours and we'll play you but if you are frank clark or juan thornhill or isaiah pacheco and you don't practice on friday you don't play so if isaiah didn't practice on friday I think it's pretty easy to draw a conclusion that that is related to him not playing on Saturday. But again, we don't like, we don't get to see practice and Dennis has never told us he's missed practice or whatever, for whatever. And I'm not saying 
I don't know if he overslept. I don't know if it, I, I have no idea why he didn't practice. Um, all I'm learning is the TV stuff, but that's uh, it. I just think that there are ways to maybe explain it a little that don't make the kid look bad. That would alleviate some of this it, getting asked 14 times a game. Where's Mosley? I mean, people think I'm mad. I'm just like, guys, why are we doing this again? It's the same thing as last game. I don't know if he's going to play any more than you do. He's on the bench. That's what I can tell you. And you are it's, asking the question. You're right. asking. It's been, it's been asked. <laughs> it's been In asked. every game he hasn't played, it's been asked. You know, I, I mean, Dave Matter asked him, hey, do you anticipate Isaiah helping you at some point? And he said, yeah, he's going to get through this and come out the other side. And I expect him to help us. I hope for the kid's sake. I hope for the program's sake and the fan's sake that it's soon. Because the issue is that he played against SEMA. Not much, but he did play. So he's available. And then doesn't play against KU. Now they've got a week off. What if he plays against UCF and then doesn't play against Illinois? You know, it's just the the yo-yo is is tough for people to understand. It is. And has, has Dennis specifically said this isn't injury-related? Yes. I mean, okay. he has said, um, it's, I believe he said it's not health and not discipline related. And I mean, it's obvious he, pl- again, he played against SEMA. Right. Like, right. He, not her, you know. Um, I and just don't... look, Isaiah had basketball shoes on. He went through warm ups. I, I did my post game show for Mizzou Arena. He was out there getting up shots for an hour after the game. Like, he doesn't look, you know, I'm sure he's disappointed. But he doesn't look like angry. Nothing I've heard leads me to believe there's like a problem between Isaiah and the coaching staff. That's good, at least. Um, no, it's just a very interesting situation, especially since he says it's not injury and it's not discipline. Like, well, what else could it be? <laughs> you know, that's why. Right. That's I mean, why he said wild speculations have started, and that's all he's going to say. You know, and <laughs> people can be upset that that's all he's going to say, but it's clearly at this point all he's going to say. This happened last year um, in Georgia with Stetson or with JT Daniels, by the way. Like he, he was, it wasn't injury related, and all this stuff come out. And everybody's asking all these questions, and they're just like, "It's personal." Um, it ended up in the end, you know, losing him his starting position, and he didn't get to play in a national championship game. But I mean, we just have to remember that these players they're they're kids, and they're going through things that they've never been through before, and. You know, I'm not going to speculate on anything that it is, but I just think that we need to respect the situation. I I think you have to assume at this point that he's not really a factor on this team until he is. I mean, just yeah. just kind of go into okay. every game assuming, yeah, he's probably not going to play. And then if he plays, hey, great. You got another player, you know. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. You know who I've been really impressed with this year? Who I didn't expect a whole lot from is uh, is Noah Carter. I've been impressed with uh, the way Noah Carter has played even, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about you and I basketball. Hand up. That's probably my fault. I didn't know a whole lot about you and I. But watching him come in here, he's he's played really well. Um, I've been impressed with him. Uh, Nick Honors been playing well. Demoy Hodge, obviously, dog, baller. Um, but here's, that game wasn't going to be very much on, on anybody's highlight reel, I don't think. Right. Well, and here's the thing, like those guys you just mentioned, you know, I think we took those first nine games and we said, see, that's proof they can make the jump from mid-major to yeah. this level. They're playing. But why? Because they hadn't played any, but they hadn't, they had not played a high major opponent. It's proof that against low major and mid-major teams, they're good players. Mm-hmm. But that's all it was. Like nothing about being good against Penn or Coastal Carolina or even Wichita State means that you're going to be good against KU or the SEC. That is still very much unproven about that. I mean, this is a team with two and a half players who have played significant minutes against high major opponents. Kobe, Nick Honor, and Ronnie DeGray averaged a few minutes a game last year. You know, that's it. Nobody else has played this level of competition. And I've been very impressed with Demoy Hodge. But if you're honest... Demoy Hodge is playing the same level of competition through yep. nine games here that landed him on the All Horizon team last year. Yeah, I think also we kind of have to look at it. Yes, we have two and a half players that have played this type of competition, but uh, Kobe was a non-factor. Yeah, and that can't. Complete, mm-hmm. He was a complete non-factor. You can't have. Yeah, you can't have your preseason All SEC, your only preseason All SEC player. Mm-hmm score four points, go one for five. I mean, you, it just can't happen. Especially against a team that shouldn't have really dominated you down low. I mean, the disappointing part about that was Kansas did not have this big dude in the middle. They had KJ Adams, who is approximately the same size as Kobe Brown, inch taller than Noah Carter. Mm -hmm. He played like he was seven foot and Carter and Kobe didn't. And that was the first thing Gates said in the press conference, like, we didn't do nearly enough in the paint. Like, like we just got beat down there. Well, we kind of went away from the way that we had been playing all season. I mean, all over the court. I mean, you talk about transition, the way we played in transition was terrible. We turned the ball over. I don't even know how many times a lot. Uh, I was was like, I probably should have wrote that down before, but it was terrible. It was, it was, we just went away from, beating them in transition and we pulled up for stupid threes i was just i just didn't even know what i was watching to be fair it is very difficult to get in transition off a made basket and almost every shot was made in that first half i mean like yeah we can talk about anything we want to talk about but there were two problems first of all missouri just couldn't shoot and not being able to shoot from three is one thing. I looked at the stats at halftime. It said they were eight of 16 on layups. It seems so much worse than that. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were like four of 20. 
And then, but KU just, they got anywhere they wanted to. KU made 22 layups and dunks. Missouri only made 23 shots the whole game. You know, 23 layups or 22 layups and dunks, 10 threes, which were largely just dudes standing out there with nobody in particular anywhere near them. So 35 made shots. They had to work hard for like six of them, maybe. You know, it's mm. not great. It wasn't great. Um, but as you can see, opportunity to, to, to turn the page, we're going to finally get into a rhythm here when it comes to, to the basketball schedule. Thank goodness. We don't have any Sunday, 11 a.m. Right. Tip offs. <laughs> uh, we're starting to get into the, to the good part of the schedule. Missouri will Too now... bad. Nobody's going to see the next one. I know it's on go, go Bally's. Yeah. On they what? love to mess things. It's on Bally. It's, it's on like the same thing that. They want to charge you twenty dollars a month to watch the Cardinals or the Royals oh. or anything. I hope they're not like a part. I'll be watching it. Then. If they are, you can cut it out. But I, I think, yeah, Bally, I think Valley Sports Midwest. So. I, I think Valley Sports Midwest is a, is a little bit uh, friendlier with TV providers than Valley Sports Kansas City is because there's about two places you can watch Valley Sports Kansas City, um, and I think I have Direct TV Stream, and that's one of the things that you can watch it on, which. Very odd. The other ones, like you can't watch it on YouTube TV, you can't watch it on Google Fibers TV, you can't yeah. watch it on any of the common ones. But it's like Direct TV Stream, and then maybe Direct TV Box, and that that's like it. That's like all you can watch it on. So, um, yeah, against UCF, this is um, in Sunrise, Florida. Um, you gave this is what you said. What their tournament is? They're like shoot shootout. Their uh, holiday tournament. Yeah, I, I think it's technically a tournament with them, and then Florida State plays somebody in the other game. But then the winners don't play, so it's <laughs> just like this one game thing. It's really weird. It's like I think it's the Orange Bowl Classic is is what it's called. Um, but this is look, this is a huge game. I mean, in that stretch of KU, UCF, Illinois, Kentucky, Arkansas. This is the one that you say they need this because if they lose this, you're very much looking at a five game losing streak when Vanderbilt comes to town on January 7th. Yep, it's gonna be big, and you need that momentum going into that, uh, to that uh, Kentucky game or the Illinois game and then into the Kentucky game. Illinois is a disaster right now. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen what's going on. Brad Underwood's like saying that his players' leaders suck and like they just suck. I kind of liked that. I think, I, like, I kind of think that's what Missouri fans wanted to see out of Dennis Gates, but there's a difference, right? <laughs> Brad Underwood's been there for a few years, and he has a legitimate, like, their last game before they got beat by Penn State was beating number two Texas. So, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, you treat that team differently than you're going to treat a Missouri team that that just got, you know, pantsed by Kansas. Pants is a good word for it. Um, but yeah, you do need that momentum. Uh, this UCF game, as I mentioned at the top, I think it's a coin flip. Um, I haven't really looked at their Kim Palm numbers. I've got the page up here, which I can uh, look if at. Kim it, Palm but... pick it gives Missouri a 46% chance to win. UCF by a point is his game prediction. Okay. Well, um, it, it's a, it, it was a, I think it was designated as like a, semi-road game or something because it's a neutral site game but it's in florida it, it was a category i didn't know existed ucf is 65 in kempo uh mizzou fell in missouri to, 60 yes to 60 um and looking at their numbers ucf is 124th in adjusted offense uh 32 or 32 in adjusted defense that could be a problem uh, for Missouri as well, but they're adjusted strength schedule 258 according 
uh, to Kim Palm. Um, so only only ninety seven spots better than Mizzou. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that that'll be a good matchup. That is Saturday. Down, go to your favorite illegal streaming site to watch UCF and Missouri Saturday at eleven a.m. That's on another Saturday eleven a.m. tip off. Iranian internet about to get uh, a big boost <laughs> from Mizzou, from Columbia, Missouri on Saturday. Yeah. Well, any more thoughts on basketball before we move on to some football talk? <laughs> I'm like thought out of this game. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. not. I, I had enough something. people, you know, talking smack to me on Twitter that I'm ready for it to be over. Oh, I didn't even man. make bad tweets, and I had Kansas fans coming out like, "Are you having fun now?" But, and I'm like, but that's that's like, yes. like that's the good part, it, you is. know. Like, truly, the best part of the game was Eli Drinkwitz holding up the level one violation <laughs> sign, and then Kansas's official account like photoshopping it to let's wait till 2025. Like, that's all fun to me. Yeah, I, yeah, that's good. And what, like I told people, I'm like, I did have fun because this rivalry is better when we're playing each other. Right. Like, (laughs) it's not fun when you're just talking smack to each other, you know? It it was way better than watching them play Houston Christian. Yeah. Artist formerly known as Houston Baptist. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Okay. Or last year when they played Paul Quinn. They've played some wild schools in their non con. Um, Also, just playing pin is, I think, is wild to play in your non-con. Let's play an Ivy League school. Um, <laughs> Southern Indiana, like Mississippi Valley State. Oh, Mississippi Valley State got some votes uh, in the eight people, but I think it's because they the people meant to vote yeah. for Mississippi State. Wait, I was they got votes in like the yeah. real eight people? Yeah. Go look that at is... it. A, a Mississippi State fan like sent it to me today on Twitter. And he's like, I think that was supposed to go to us because Mississippi State's ranked now in the top 20. And um, oh, okay. because Mississippi State's played Mississippi Valley State also and beat them like by 30. And I was like, oh, well, we beat them by 20. So I'm pretty sure that's an accident. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Oh, Kansas State got two votes. How about that? No, I do. I do think that that is funny. Uh, we it feels like every year we have something like that where it's like, oh, a team gets receiving votes because the voter wasn't paying attention, um, which I mean I think happens more than we think um, in all of this stuff. But you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain, educate. Inform KC Sports Network. Let's move on to some football talk. Bowl game still a little ways away. Happening. Yeah. It's happening. Still happening, yeah. As of now, uh, it's still happening. Never know. But uh, some big transfer news for Missouri. Um, They add commitment from Oklahoma wide receiver transfer Theo Weiss, former five-star. Big deal. Mizzou now has two five-star receivers on their roster. So, great move for Drinkwitz and company. You saw Jacob Peeler tweeting some stuff out. I think this might have been Friday night, maybe Saturday morning about it. Then Drinkwitz did the Zoo 23 gif, which I thought was a recruiting thing, which, I mean, I guess technically the transfer portal is a recruiting thing. Um, But I I was thinking Zoo 23. I was thinking high school. I think he needs uh, another, like, portal gif to tweet out. I think he needs to differentiate. I think maybe you should have been reading the message boards at powermazoo.com, Tucker. That's what I think. Gabe, you know better. You would not have been fooled. (laughs) 
you know better than anybody. I try Maybe to you should have just from. looked at just look at Luther Burnham's tweets. It, <laughs> seriously, true. new recruiting and the, and the amount of time. Burnham. Yeah, he should be getting paid. He should be getting paid for that. No, like the yes. amount of time it was like got another one, and then it's like the always closed down my recruitment, and they're right. all liking it. I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, need to be better about uh, about connecting those dots. But I mean, we talked about Dominic Lovett transferring. Pretty good guy to bring in Dominic Lovett's place. I'll say. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what he can do in this I offense. Um, but what are your thoughts, Gabe? I think the upside is that like he replaces Lovett, or uh, basically Luther replaces Lovett's production, or a little yep. better. And Weiss replaces Luther's production or a little better from last year. I mean, in in three years, Weiss, because he missed one full season with an injury. But in three seasons, his numbers are about what Dominic's were in two. Um, you know, he has a thousand-ish yards on 63 catches over three seasons. So, you know, I, it sounds great to say a five-star receiver at one time he was that's also been four years you know Theo Weiss is like I'm not saying he's not good it has not been a five-star career thus far um mm-hmm. you know part of that hey they they changed offenses they changed coaches you know um it, like he's got talent um and and that's what you're looking for in the portal because guys that have had five-star careers probably aren't transferring from Oklahoma to Missouri you right. know so you're looking for either a guy transferring up a level or a guy who maybe, you know, played at a higher level, but maybe just looking for something a little bit different. So a lot of potential there. Um, you know, I talked to somebody I know who covers OU and he said he he thinks that we has a chance to be a pretty good number two to to Luther. And so, look, Luther is he's got to be the number one guy next year. I don't think there's any question about that. And I'll tell you one thing. I think with – I'm going to count Luther as a OU recruit. Um, I, we've gotten better recruits from OU in the past couple of years than OU's gotten from us. And that's trending upwards for me. Yes. yes. Like, I mean, that's – in the past, you wouldn't see that. I mean, obviously, they're still stealing some of our in-state recruits, which you'd like to stop. But in the portal, we beat them. And so that's – it's a move in the right direction with them coming to the SEC, I would say. And again, it's just about get more in than you than you or get more out than you put in, right? And Missouri's not there yet. I mean, yeah. Theo Weiss for Dom Lovett straight up. I know the Let's optimistic, stop. I know the optimistic people, but that is not at this point an even trade. Doesn't mean it can't be next year, but at this point, like you're obviously a little behind, but bringing that's the first portal commitment. So we don't know what the rest is going to look like. I mean, Tucker already has like nine quarterbacks committed to Missouri. <laughs> yeah, everybody that transfers in the quarterback, any quarterback that enters, I just send it to Gabe and be like, this guy, you like it's him? It's going to be like Grayson McCall, Devin Leary, and Hudson Card competing for the starting <laughs> quarterback job in spring football at Missouri. And Sam Horn, don't forget. And Sam Horn. Right? <laughs> hey. And Brady Cook. Tommy Locke, Brady Cook. Mizzou's official Twitter account tweeted out a practice of their bowl. The only quarterback they've posted a picture of, Sam Horn. Um, they're doing that's me 
connecting dots that aren't there um is what i if was you're saying. a conspiracy but, theorist um, yeah. that take yeah. is for you but li- but listen i figured out who mizzou's starting quarterback was going to be because of a social media video that they put out where drink yelled one's up and brady cook ran in front of the camera and i said all right brady cook is going to be the starting quarterback now, i also want it to be like the only running back they showed was taj butt so you assume he's the starting <laughs> running back I didn't look at any other position. I just looked at, I just saw the 21 slinging that pigskin around. But uh, no, uh, listen, a potential, uh, a five, a guy, a guy I'm going to say it again, five star receiver coming out in 2019, right? Is that what he was? Um, number 11th, 2011th nationally by rivals um, when he was coming out of high school. Obviously, did play with, uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners, and they kind of had a tough year this year. Uh, not kind of, they did have a tough year this year. Um, so not surprised that he's trying to find a new place to go. Jacob Peeler, you know, he's got that reputation of developing good wide receivers. Luther Burden apparently seems to be the next big recruiter. He's the, he's the next thing when it comes to college football recruiting. Um, so I think that's big. Does this now make Mizzou a destination for quarterbacks to look at and say, well, they got some receivers here. Maybe we can go in and have a fun year. Um, and I know before you say it, Gabe, the offensive line doesn't quite make it that appealing. But... I was going to say it. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll, I'll leave Maggie. to. Well, I was going to say I'll leave Maggie to be the wet blanket. But also, like, are we going down the, well, Theo Weiss committing is the key to getting a portal quarterback? That's what we're doing here. Hey, never, never know. Never know what they're thinking. I mean, I'll give you this. It's a take. Thank you. <laughs> about, about all I got. I mean, Most I would think having Dominic Lovett would have been attractive to well, get a quarterback. You know, that's true. Fair. Most of these quarterbacks leaving, though, are pretty experienced. Most of them are grad transfers or seniors, right? Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially the best one. I mean, Leary, McCall. Brennan Armstrong, I, I'm not sure what Hudson Card's eligibility situation is. Um, Slovis, like those guys are all uh, upperclassmen, DJU. You know, those are those are basically the top guys available to most people. Um, look, there's a story out about Devin Leary today that lists a number of schools. Missouri isn't one of them. He's visiting Kentucky this week. Um, Didn't Kentucky just get a quarterback? No, there was some rumors that Graham Mertz was going to Kentucky, but it hadn't officially happened. Um, So Leary is visiting Kentucky. And look, I think a general, like most of these quarterbacks, I think are going to be committed somewhere pretty early. Um, Because they just, they want to get it done and and make their decisions. Um, So these transfers, I mean, Missouri had a transfer DB from Florida in over the weekend. He's getting an in-home visit this week. Like getting the first visit is pretty big, right? Uh, right. If they take visits. I mean, like they always didn't take a visit, but Andrew Armstrong, another receiver they were looking at was going to visit this weekend, but he visited Arkansas and committed this weekend. So this isn't like a, a high school kid that says, I'm going to line up these five trips and stuff. A lot of these guys have a pretty good idea and they line up their first visit to a place that they think, unless I go see something, I really don't expect to see. This is probably where I'm going to end up. Point being in saying all that, I don't really think Devin Leary seems very likely at this point to Missouri. I mean, it's not impossible, but like this all kind of started because a few people on Twitter said, well, hey, Eli recruited him out of high school, so this makes sense to me. And they just kind of spoke it into this thing that fans started to think, well, oh, cool, we're getting Devin Leary. But there was never like a single piece of evidence that pointed to that. 
Gates recruited Trevon Brazil out of high school and he still went somewhere else. So that he did. <laughs> I mean, nobody recruited him out of high school except right, like Mizzou, right. Cleveland State. So right. And, and so yeah, I mean, look, I, I still think there's a decent chance that at some point we're talking about a transfer quarterback. I just I just don't think it's right now, and I don't think it's one of these top like four or five guys on the market. That said, if I was running Missouri's NIL collective. Grayson McCall's phone would already have rung this afternoon. Yeah. Just me. Dude's a stud. Um, it'd be fun to see him in a Mizzou uniform slinging that thing around there. Uh, Mizzou, uh, obviously going to play Wake Forest in on December 23rd. That's next Friday. Crazy to think that Christmas is already that close. That next Friday is December the 23rd. Insane. Where did this, where did this year go? Um, but we'll have an in-depth bowl preview, as in-depth as we get on this show. Uh, oh, wait, I was going to say, will we? Are you guys going to study up on that? I'm going to give you everything here's, about Sam Hartman that I can give you. Okay, I'm gonna here's watch my goal by next Forest. Monday. I will. I promise I will learn the name of another Wake Forest player besides Sam Hartman. I won't promise I'll learn two, but I'll learn at least one. Is he still going to play? Like, is that is that a thing? Because uh, I know that was going it around appears the year, so. so. He wasn't going. Yeah, it appears so. Good. Beat him at full strength. Um, <laughs> as full strength as I can get with Sam Harmon. How'd that work for us last year? Don't yeah. 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 Right. Um, hey, also, Missouri maybe just won't punt in this game now. Jack Stonehouse transfer. No punts allowed. I like that. That's approach. what I said. I was like, Ooh. guess we just have to score every time. My, my favorite play. reaction to the Jack Stonehouse transfer was our message board and Twitter going, well, it doesn't matter. Missouri's not going to punt next year. So just like, don't need a punter. <laughs> I, oh, I liked the Harrison Mavis ones because I'm pretty positive he could not punt a football. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> didn't they have a punter competition going into this season? They did. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not misremembering that. Um, the other, I could, sorry. Sean Ketting won it. Hand up. Lost it. Yeah. Hand up. Sorry, I couldn't remember your name, Sean Ketting. Um, I apologize. <laughs> um, maybe he'll have a shot to, to try out for a team at this point. But um, yeah, I, Really interesting in the transfer portal with bowl games and everything like that, how this all works out of how much recruiting these uh, coaches have to do of just literally every level at this point. Um, and one of the things I thought was really interesting, Kansas, I can't remember, it was a Kansas State assistant coach was talking about when he was trying to recruit Adrian Martinez. It was a lot different than trying to recruit a high school kid, right? Adrian wanted to know like their playbook, their scheme, uh, the practice schedule, everything like that. And he's like, okay, you want to go put on the uniform? He's like, why do I want to take pictures yeah. with the uniform on? Like, why Why would I want to do that? High school kids care about that. They want the pictures for social play, and stuff like that. So it's all very different processes. Um, I would, I'm curious. Now I'm just kind of spitballing here. Uh, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but do, do you think college staffs will expand with the, with the expansion of the transfer portal so they have more bodies to kind of cover it more? I mean, they already kind of have, um, you know, I, I will admit, I might completely be making this number up. I feel like somebody told me there's like 68 people in Missouri's football offices or something now. Oh, wow. Um, but the the one number I do remember um, is, and this is where all this money goes so that they can't pay it to players. Like I heard Dan Wetzel say on, on the Yahoo podcast either this year or last year that like 20 years ago, the Michigan Athletic Department had 90 employees and now it's like 350 something. You know, because they have to find somewhere so that they can tell everybody they're not making money, 
so that they can't pay the players. So they just have like 27 assist associate athletic directors and 14 yeah. Twitter graphics people. And I see, I see director of on-campus recruiting for like 18 people yes. <laughs> on and Twitter all the time. I'm like, what? Well, some guy <laughs> like just the came job. from Auburn to work at Missouri and he has some title. And I was like, I, think they have somebody with that title or a very similar title and then like kevin pendleton just left he was like the assistant director of player personnel for offense or something like that i i don't i I honestly there's so many jobs over there and i don't know i don't really know what any of them are it's fair better not to know i think um Better to live in ignorance. Ignorance is Don't bliss. ask questions. Don't ask, don't ask any questions when it comes to college recruiting. That's uh, that's what we've lived under uh, the whole time. Um, so uh, next week, as I mentioned, we will have a preview. I'm going to leave out the word in-depth game. We'll have a preview of the uh, Wake Forest, Missouri Gasparilla Bowl. That's going to kick off Friday the 23rd I, at 530. I think we should just have Maggie like live blog her trip. From bragging rights through the, her return to St. Louis, like thirty-seven hours later. Oh my gosh! I'm we'll, not. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll just talk about just it. take a GoPro, and that'll be the post bowl podcast, so that we're not recording a podcast on December twenty-sixth about the Gasparilla Bowl. I'll be like, That's here we are, thirty-two point. hours in, haven't slept. This is awesome. Cubans are great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like Cuban sandwich for breakfast in the Tampa airport on Christmas Eve. This is Maggie's Christmas. Oh. <laughs> Life well, doesn't get uh, any better than that, ladies and gentlemen. We are probably gonna have to. Ch- we're probably gonna be not be back next Monday. We'll probably wait. Next Monday we will be back. The Monday after that we will probably be a Tuesday. I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there. Um, but thank you guys for listening all the way to the end of this podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure to tell a friend if you enjoy this uh, Mizzou That's Who podcast, your podcast for Missouri athletics here on KC Sports Network. Uh, make sure to stay tuned in, locked into the the same podcast channel, same YouTube channel, Border War with Jeff Hawkins and Jarrett Sutton. They're going to be recapping that Mizzou-Kansas game and looking ahead uh, for Mizzou as well into the UCF and then that brutal stretch that they have. And a lot better that we looked ahead at that stretch. Uh, Jarrett does a way better job. <laughs> at breaking it down than we do so we appreciate you listening we're much Uh, more entertaining that's true we're the entertainment um he's the meat we're the potatoes you know Uh, that's kind (laughs) of how it goes uh in this relationship so thank you guys for listening make sure to tell a friend about uh, mizzou that's who podcast and kc sports network we'll be back next monday to preview wake forest so until then we'll talk to you later Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.